0: Tuesday, January 31st, and this is Market MarketFoolery. I'm Chris Hill, and we're going to do something a little different today. Normally, this is the point where I introduce the analysts and advisors from various Motley Fool services, but joining me in studio today, instead, uh, Chief uh, Editor, Editor-in-Chief at fool.com, Brian Richards, and our Chief Legal Officer, Lawrence Greenberg. Gentlemen, good to see you. Thanks, Thanks for Christian. being here. Thank you. Um, we're here because... We're going to talk about the Stock Act. Um, uh, long-time listeners know that uh, we don't really get involved in politics here at The Motley Fool. That's not what we do. We're all about investors. But every once in a while... Uh, When we feel like it is in the interest of individual investors, we do sort of uh, dip our toe in the political waters. We did this, Lawrence, uh, over a decade ago with uh, Regulation FD and helping to get that passed to, to ensure that there's fair disclosure for all investors, not just the big Wall Street firms. Um, and now we have the Stock Act, which, uh, Brian, um, we have a series of articles right on our main page of fool.com. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, the Stock Act stands for Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge. Um, uh, this is being debated in the Senate right now. Uh, it's probably going to be wrapped up by the end of the week. Uh, but for those who may not know, um, insider trading appears to be illegal for everyone in the country except for members of Congress. Is that? is that fair is I mean it's that sort of seems like how it is yeah that's basically true Um,
1: uh, there's a CBS story that that said there of the 975 federal entities only two did not have rules strictly prohibiting them from trading on insider information the Supreme Court and Congress Congress is moving forward with this legislation to explicitly make it illegal Um, it's come up in 2006 2007, 2009. It died in committee in those three years. (laughs) Of course it did. And uh, again, it was introduced in in 2011, and it's it's finally moving forward. Uh,
0: So the U.S. Senate had a procedural vote the other day. It passed 93 to 2. uh, So debate is going to continue, Lawrence. Uh, As I said, we're expecting that uh, final passage will occur later in the week. But as much of a no-brainer, as this seems, like, you know, it's, it's insane that members of Congress should be allowed to trade on insider information. It's actually a little bit more complex than that. I mean, for one thing, and you've touched on this in one of the articles um, uh, that I referenced in the series on com. there's the whole issue of enforcement. I mean, how, how do you enforce um, insider trading laws when it comes to members of Congress?
2: Well, the traditional enforcer of the securities laws for everyone, not just Congress, is the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. And one of the problems that they have is, well, first, one of the problems is that they're not sure that insider trading for Congress is illegal, as we've, we've talked about. And secondly, they are being asked to enforce the laws against the people who set their budget and essentially are signing their paychecks.
0: That's a little bit of a quandary.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not unheard of in right. history. The Justice Department has managed to prosecute a bribery uh, of members of Congress, but it's, it's always a challenge.
0: Um, well, and as we were talking about before the taping, it's, it, it is a little bit of a gray area because it's, it, it appears to be not expressly... Legal or illegal for members of Congress uh, to trade on inside information, but one thing we can agree on um, is that it's legal. It's <laughs> it is slimy but legal, as we like to say in this studio. Slegal S- at best. Slegal at best. Uh, Brian uh, uh, included in the articles uh, on Full dot com. There are some pretty outrageous examples of members of Congress really, really going whole hog with the trading <laughs> on insider information.
1: Yeah. Let me just give you two. I'll give you a specific example and a a broad example. So the specific example is, um, I think the best way to call it is disgraced former Congressman Anthony Weiner. That's a a good way to. (laughs) Um, Anthony Weiner's disclosure forms over the years paint him as a long-term oriented buy and hold investor. So it was odd when digging into the disclosure statements to find a, uh, a trade from early 2008. He, in, in January of 2008, he bought shares in the mortgage, mortgage insurance companies AMBAC and MBIA, which are both based in New York, where he is. Um, he sold those shares less than 30 days later for a profit. I'm going to get this a little bit off, but it's, it was something like 60% in one stock and 90% in the other stock. And While we don't know that he did anything <laughs> wrong. Um, it doesn't look good for him. It raises eyebrows. It raises eyebrows. And then in, 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 in a more general example, um, the, uh, the the finance committee that was deciding the fate of much of the finance sector in the fall of 2008, so talking about the, the month of September basically through the signing of TARP, which was early October, um, Congress traded $6.7 million in financial company shares for a total of 318 trades versus the prior year, a relatively sleepy $1.7 million and uh, 115 trades in those
0: stocks. Uh, A couple of weeks ago on The Motley Fool Money Radio Show, our guest was Peter Schweitzer, uh, who's written a new book entitled Throw Them All Out. He he goes into great detail uh, about the insider trading that members of Congress have, um, uh, have Uh, performed, committed, you know, pick whichever verb you want. Um, One of the things I did find um, a a little curious, but also somewhat heartening was there were a couple of members of Congress who went the other route that, that were very much above the board. Ironically, they were at totally opposite ends of the political spectrum. One of the shining examples is Michelle Bachman, and another one that Schweitzer mentioned was Barney Frank, so a a very conservative Republican, a very liberal Democrat. Um, So it's nice to know that not all members of Congress are doing this. Um, But Lawrence, you had uh, written an article on fool.com about sort of where we should go from here. Because again, as I said at the top, we've got several different proposals in the Senate and the House. Uh, Eric Cantor, who's the majority leader in the House, uh, said earlier today, it's his intention to bring up some version of the bill in February. What should be in the bill? What should we be looking to change in the law?
2: I think the most important thing is to first make clear that members of Congress and their staffs Uh, should not be trading on inside information any more than anyone else should. Relatedly, in order to bring this all within the boundaries of the securities laws, the way the SEC and the courts have have understood them, would be to make it clear that members of Congress owe a fiduciary duty, a duty of loyalty, a duty of trust and confidence to Congress, the U.S. government, and the American people. If you do that, that means that traditional securities laws limitations on insider trading, on tipping other people for trading, would um, would apply. Uh, the other thing that is, um, we think is very important coming out of the research that our team did was to improve the disclosure process. Because the disclosures that the representatives file are, uh, you almost... Couldn't make them more clear, unclear if you wanted to, <laughs> and slow. We t- we were talking about this <laughs> yes. right before
0: we were taping. It's I mean, it's this antiquated system where they're. Uh, it's like a year after the fact, right?
2: That, that's, that's exactly right, and and the di- the disclosure forms are not uniform. They can be handwritten typed um <laughs> scrawled i think it, there was one that may have been written with a crayon and a napkin but i'm not <laughs> i may have made that up uh and it's particularly um strange in that you know we're in the 21st century uh it's relatively easy we
0: have to, the internet we yeah. have the interwebs people <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly and so there there's no reason that the uh, disclosure couldn't be much faster, much more standardized, and much more easier to understand. Because the point of this disclosure is, A, to make sure that Congress, and for that matter, the rest of the world, knows the interests Mm -hmm. of the people who are involved in passing our laws. And a year after the fact is not particularly useful information, except maybe in in a forensic investigation.
0: Uh, Brian, as I said, this is uh, still in process. We're expecting the Senate to wrap this up by the end of the week, but then it moves over to the House, uh, where they'll bring up uh, legislation sometime in the next month or so, uh, and then of course uh, the House and Senate will hopefully hash it out. Um, we're going to keep covering it on fool.com, but uh, for people who are listening, what do, other than keeping an eye on this, what should folks be doing? So as I mentioned earlier, we've we've had
1: three versions of this bill die—a quiet, sad death in committee. We're very close now. Um, the Senate should take it up this week. Um, it's it's looking like it will be passed in the Senate, and then it will move to the House. Um, we've never been closer than this. We think a nudge forward would help. So um, what we've asked people to do on fool.com is to contact their uh, Congressperson, um, send them an email telephone them, uh, tweet them, write on their Facebook page, um, which is wildly effective, actually, we learned last month, having contacted Eric Cantor that
0: way. Um, con- Didn't his office contacted us and, and basically said, please stop. Please stop. Please stop asking people to tweet. They did. They did exactly that.
1: Um, so it, they're paying attention, and I think if if um, if our audience um, can help spread the word that this is something that would increase fairness, uh, level the playing field, and restore some faith and trust in our in our representatives, I think that it's a no brainer.
0: And drop us an email radio at full dot com if if you actually side with the two senators who who voted against this in the Senate because we were talking beforehand. Uh, our producer, Matt Greer, was in here. We were, we were scratching our heads trying to come up with, what's a legitimate reason to be against this? We couldn't come up with something, but maybe you can. If you can, drop us an email, radio at fool.com. And by all means, check out the series uh, that Brian and his team did on full.com There's some amazing research that, the, uh, that our editorial folks are doing. Brian Richards, Lawrence Greenberg. Guys, thanks for being here.
2: Thank you, Chris.
0: As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We will see you tomorrow.